Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey everyone, this is Leon from Prologue Projects. There's no new episode of 5-4 today, but I am invading the feed to share with you an episode of another Prologue show, Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Lily. I freaking love this podcast. I walk around my neighborhood with my dog drinking my liquid IV, and I just laugh out loud like an idiot the whole time. Every week, comedians and lifelong friends Stephen Phillips Horst and Louis Murata talk about a different celebrity memoir, and in the process, they get personal about their own crazy lives. The episode you're about to hear is about Johnny Cochran's journey to justice. Stephen and Louis chose it specially for you guys, so get ready for lots of jokes about the law. I really think you're going to love it. If you do, subscribe to Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Louis wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for checking it out. at the door it's all your friends you filthy whore your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill it's hollywood it's books it's gossip i'm shook it's memoirs it's martinis it's studio 54 it's celebrity book club come read it while it's hot celebrity book club tell your secrets we won't talk celebrity book club no boys are allowed celebrity book club Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, hey best, best friend! Oh my god, hey Lily Murata. Uh, hey Stephen Phillips Horse. What another thrill to be with you here on this Monday afternoon recording another episode of our podcast, Celebrity Book Club. Celebrity Book Club, where, what is it we do? Oh yeah, we talk about celebrity memoirs. Hell yes, which means we also read celebrity memoirs. Exactly, oh, we read books. I want to give a quick shout out to our listeners, and also listeners of another podcast that might be being known as 5-4. Uh, they're basically our label mates. I've oh. never had a label mate. Um, <laughs> they're also produced yeah. by Prologue Projects, which is a fucking sick-ass podcast production company based Hell out of yeah. Brooklyn, but you know has a lot of international influences as well. Uh, but, but we just want to say hi to you guys. Thank you so much. We know that it's a little a classic one of those um, when Apple put that U2 album on everyone's <laughs> phone kind of vibes. Um, so sorry if you're triggered by that, but stick around. Stay along for the ride. We think you'll like it because... This week's episode is going to be right up your legal alley. Oh, yeah. You've just been picked for jury duty yeah. because, <laughs> because uh, this war, dear, <laughs> is over or it's actually just beginning. Yeah. Report yourself to the downtown criminal justice court center because. <laughs> uh, Senator, I don't object. <laughs> because today we're talking about the only lawyer I know of besides your mother. My mother, not your mother, not my mother. Yeah, no, okay. no, no. Besides your mother and some other lawyers, we're talking about Johnny Cochran Jr. Esquire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. sure he has many honorary doctorates as well. His book is called Journey to Justice. Sidebar, when I was a kid, I thought that all lawyers were women. Fabulous, because your she-boss mother was... my she-boss lawyer was a mom, or she was... She was... My lawyer was randomly this mom when I was Sorry, a kid. Sorry, guys, we're having an absolute case of the Mondays today. Um, and we've never talked about this on the pod, and producer Meg kind of really encouraged me to tell our listeners that what? I'm kind of out of it today because I'm on my... Oh, yeah. It's embarrassing, but... Say it. Period. Fuck yes. Yeah, I get Thank it. Thank you, I know, women many... bleed, and we shouldn't be ashamed. No. 
Um, is it is it the classic day one? It's cast? very day one vibes. So it's very just like, oh, give me Hagen Dazs, like right. cramps. I'm wearing sweatpants. I didn't even bind let, today to pod. So, so let me guess, the back of your car looks like OJ's Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> From the socks to the sweatshirt. No, me, because I'm always, like, so forgetting I have my period every month. So right. I'm always, like, bleeding everywhere. And then my girlfriend would be like, okay, so the bathroom is a full murder scene. <laughs> and then I'm being so LAPD and cleaning up the crime scene Clean badly. <laughs> and being just like, or no, she's, like, so firm and she's, like, planting a bloody tampon, but it's, like, unopened. <laughs> oh, to blame me? Yeah. <laughs> No, and then no, the blood is everywhere, and I'm like, not mine. <laughs> so the blood is the glove. Really trying to make this, well, this analogy is the classic, happen. Well, this is the classic murder trope stand up bit where she's like, if men had periods, like right. every bachelor's apartment would look like a crime scene. And it's like, I feel like actually, if I did have my period, that I would be pretty regimented about it. Well, I well, think, maybe sometimes. I think there was a change within you mm. where I feel like when you lived like in your apartment before this, you were like much more like sloppy boots. And then when you got your nice apartment, you just like started becoming a little bit more of a clean freak. Yeah. And so I wonder when you have something to preserve. Exactly you to preserve care it. about. So I feel like you were like, ugh, whatever. Like, you know, I can see myself sink. kind of free bleeding like on vacation, but like at my apartment being pretty conscious about sheets and stuff. Well, free bleeding is just when you don't put a tampon in. So I don't think on vacation you would just be like, no tampons in your like sarongs in Europe. Just like, I don't know. I think I would be so sarong on, on, in Europe. With massive blood stain, no tampon, just bleeding everywhere. I mean, we're kind of rubbing up against like the idea here that I don't really know what, <laughs> what happens a period, in yeah. period and how much blood is there is and when it happens. Oh, and not to stuff. bring up middle school again or whatever, sure. but I remember one of her first conversations was you were like really asking me like so what's the deal with the period and I guess I guess I should have taken notes or something no and clearly I'm not really the one to ask because I still like can't get really a hold of it okay well I forgive you for whatever you're experiencing today because we all come here with our own personal experiences and yes and very much like the legal system everyone comes from different backgrounds and should be treated fairly and in America yeah supposedly you're innocent until proven guilty. But in this Johnny Cochran book, I think he really shows that that ain't true. No. Well, and he shows really the corruption. Yeah, America, I don't know if you guys knew this, yeah. but yeah, America be pretty corrupt. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. And the police, they're not no. always right. They suck. Can yeah. I say that? No, you can. Just so this, before we kind of get into this book, yeah. like, you know, I'm sure maybe the five to four listeners, they maybe do read a lot. Not saying that our club kids don't read a lot, but this was, um, it was a long book, yet it was also small print, yeah. as you said, John Grisham style. Yeah. No, when I got this book in the mail, I was just like, am I at the supermarket where they have all the mystery novels? Because this is thick and it's dense and the like font is small and close together. The spacing is, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the Shania book was also 400 pages, but the density, I mean, bring your glasses to work day. Yeah. And All he lamps leaves on. No, no detail on spirit. I mean, he's a lawyer. No, he I has love a legal mind. the detail yeah. in this book. And that's really important. But like, you know, there's there's a good like 130 pages on the OJ case. And, you know, right, I mean, of course, that's the star. But, you know, not even to 
jump ahead to the OJ stuff, but his detail is so amazing that, you know, I felt he's very our podcast and like our vibe. Cause well, yeah, he's very 90s. And I he, guess he's like in 90s. And he loves a big glass of Cabernet and he owned a supper club. Which... Right. And he like talks about his renovation and just like yeah. his home gym and just like. Or when he says that, like, he's like, yeah, and we redid our L.A. mansion in classic 90s modernist style with clean lines. open spaces <laughs> yes. and clean lines and a home gym. And I did see my trainer four days a week. And I was actually with my trainer when I got the call about OJ. And he's like, and usually that was my kind of my spa, you know, where I didn't hear the phone calls when I was in my soaring, clear, gorgeous gym. I mean, it does sound like such a dream house. Like, I feel like it has a lot of, well, we should maybe talk about Yeah, we'll talk about this later, but, um, so basically he's born, you know, little bio on him. (laughs) (laughs) He was a classic human style. He was born. (laughs) Just to really give you the lowdown on Johnny Crockren. (laughs) I was, I was gonna say he was born in the South, but yeah, no, I mean, born vibes. (laughs) Yeah, fully birthed, um, in the thirties. So, this was Jim Crow, Louisiana. Shreveport. We were talking South, South. Deep and, south. you know, his father, like... His father sold insurance. Yeah, and that was, like, in, which talks about insurance was, like, one of the main, like, middle class available job for, like, black men at the right. time. Like, either you'd be a pastor or I feel like could you go to the military... Could you even go to the military yet at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess this would be before the GI Bill. So it was like before even it's pre-World like... Pre-World War II. Yeah, pre-World War II. Um, so he was, he was too young for World War One. Right. Uh, what were we all? And then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you wish you could have fought in... Okay, question just... Wait, dream war? Dream war to fight in. Oh, I mean, well, obviously, like, this is this is the Assassin's Creed talking, but um, ancient Greece. I mean, Sparta. Mm. They, they f- actually required you to have sex with your co-workers, the male soldiers. So they, you, they had to fuck? Because Yeah, because it bonded them. Oh, is that true? I mean, it was encouraged. Okay, it was encouraged. It was like bond and... Yeah, it was like, yes, men are men and men should be with other men. So it was kind of the golf of that day, you know. If you want to make a business deal, oh, go play golf. And, and then it was... And then at the clubhouse, we all know what's happening. Go fuck. Those golf shirts come off oh, really yeah, that, dr- that dry fit. That Nike, dry fit. <laughs> Nike polo. <laughs> it's not so dry anymore. I feel like Johnny Cochran, he's very... I mean, his style, which also we'll get into... Gorgeous style. He was like, I had amazing style from like, he made his mom, you know, his parents made, you know, every Sunday, head to toe. Yeah. I mean, they're in church for three hours and like everyone is in their church best and in suits and... But he when he was just like I was like finding the best ties I could and the best button downs and he's like so there's that picture when he's like in the school photo and oh, when like he's twelve his... and he's got, already got suspenders on. Oh, I know. I feel like we've talked about this, and I feel like nineties was like high time for suspenders. Also, oh, we've talked about your desire. My to wear desire suspenders. to wear suspenders. Okay, so later, just to jump, when he picks the jury for OJ, he was like, I know this is irrational, but he says I will not pick a juror who wears string ties. Which I assume means bolos. Oh, I just assume they're gonna be like southern white, right, like, like redneck, redneck. Yeah. So who's wearing bolo ties? To their voir dire. Am I using the term voir dire right? What, what's a voir dire? It's um, it is a legal term. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Stephanie Phillips Horst Esquire. Esquire, and it happens when, <laughs> in French, voir means to see and dire means to speak. Voir dire. Right. So it's kind of like you're seeing people speak. So I guess that's kind of all court <laughs> is very that because there's a vision element to it. Actually. But it happens, I think, before the trial starts. The O.J. Simpson trial was the first 
big trial that was allowed to be televised. So that is very voir dire. Well, and yet, though, if he, t- he talks about the Deadweiler trial in the 60s was like that the like coroner's inquest was televised. I feel like there was televised stuff. And the whole wasn't the whole like Black Panther trial like heavily covered by the media? Well, it was covered, but I mean, oh, but like, was it like the actual proceedings every day? This were on was, TV? yeah, the OJ trial was the first thing like you could watch whatever. It was the birth of 90s all day TV. Right. You could just no, watch and it's the true. Full and then trial. CNN was invented like around the time of the Gulf War. And that's like when society really started going downhill. Our 24 hour news cycle. became entertainment. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, okay, we keep saying let's not talk about the OJ trial, but I think. But I guess let's just talk about the OJ happening. trial. So back to my childhood. I remember <laughs> it so clearly the day that mm-hmm. before the verdict came out, the headline of the Boston Globe was, and the verdict is. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, and then we all found out. And I remember being at school and like my nanny like picking me up in the Ford Explorer and being like, not guilty. And then the next day, the mm-hmm. headline on the Boston Globe was not guilty. It was, it, was, it was a two-day headline, which was like another, I think, real milestone in journalism. Well, it's also of that time where it's like, when I think about like our childhood in the news, it was just... Monica OJ. It was Monica OJ. And Nancy Kerrig and Tanya Harding. Those but three things. I remember distinctly, so I don't I didn't like follow the trial so much because we were we were so young. In 1994, I would have been negative three years old. Um, totally. Negative 30 pounds. I do remember being in third grade and I remember it being announced. And I I feel like there was a big reaction from all the nine-year-olds, but I truly cannot remember right. <laughs> if everyone was like Pro or I I remember even at that age knowing to myself I was just like I thought he did it and I wanted him to get acquitted because I <laughs> didn't want people to get in trouble for things. And I like deeply didn't want people to get in trouble. And I was just like, I know that he did it, but I just feel like, okay, he already did it and we've had this whole trial. Like I think he's just get let off because jail is bad and like you shouldn't send people there. No. And I also just like personally didn't like getting in trouble and I didn't think anyone should get in trouble. Right, and so I, you're like, I'm not trying to go to jail, so OJ well, should. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's like that I mean, guilt. Hell yes. and, and yes, and I had a, probably a lot of internalized shame as like a gay child. And so like, you're just kind of looking at anyone who has been, had the finger pointed at them by society and feeling this sympathy for them and feeling, you know, uh, that you relate to that. And again, I was also just like always worried about getting in trouble for stuff. So it was just like, I feel like him not getting in trouble is good you know, what's good for the gander is good for the goose sort of thing. But that also makes sense of, like, watching this trial for so long. You're going to you're kind of like, okay, we did this. Yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. No, it's just like, you know, with the whole, I mean, it's like Trump and the whole impeachment. I'm just right, like, oh, like, are we right. still doing this? Let's move on to another trial. Can we trial. move on? Let's get another, you know, it's just like, we already got the new president. Like, let's wrap this up. <laughs> it's really insane that it's kind of like our childhood was the OJ trial and then... You know, and then the rest of our lives, we've just been watching the Kardashians. It's just one long story. It's one long storyline. Well, okay, so, I mean, did you watch the um, American Horror Story? Yeah, I, that's where I was, like, kind of wrapping up on the thought. So watch the American Horror well, yeah, Story that, where which was they have phenomenal, so good. I will say, so good. And also in this book, so Johnny Cochran, I remembered how bad after watching that I felt for Marsha Cross. Yeah, and then he talks about it. He's like... He was like kind of saying that they're... Fr- I mean, also, this is his memoir, so he's going to make himself look good. Obviously. Like, he yeah, was making you can it sound tell- like they were like good friends. He also revealed that basically she was fucking her co- Yes. Person. Which is revealed in... I feel like they almost the kiss on the show, but then... And she's like, oh, She's like, oh, no. I'm so busy and I have so many binders. I'm like, it's too late or And I'm ruffled in the perm that she gets. And- yeah, and she was just like lambasted for her perm. So... 
just to give a little background, so Johnny Cochran marries very young and he's like not in love, but he's like, oh, I, so I did the right thing. I mean, he's very like, and okay. I am a man of honor I'm and sorry, I did the, the part right where thing. where he said he didn't beat his wife was a little like, no one asked. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and I would never strike my wife. And you're like, okay. okay literally didn't say you did. And then you went, had three times, you're like, and again, I didn't strike her. Well, that was a sus. he's like, oh, well. She wanted $75 a week for clothes. Oh, and for I, her clothing budget? Yeah, and I was like, fabulous. And he's like, and I only made 150 a week. He made 152 No, she wanted 75 a month, and he made 152 a week. Carry the two. So carry the two. So he's making 600 a month, so 75 That's I mean, a lot. That, I mean, I don't know. That's like, that's maybe 12% of his overall right. budget goes I mean, to clothing, which as it should. Yeah, and his dad agreed with the wife. He was like, well, you got to keep her dressed. It's a little thing she wants. That's because it's meaningful to her. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't the fact that like, oh, it's clothing frivolous. It's like, well, you know, she could have said, oh, like She's you um, taking on all these cases is frivolous. Right. Well, and obviously he was probably going out and getting gorgeous ties. Anyway, they get divorced. And then she like during the OJ trial, like, talks to the tabloids and, like, goes on shows to talk about Johnny Cochran, as does, like, his other ex. Okay, wait, so the other ex was that woke secretary, Patty, who stopped him in the hall and was just like, they're all, like, racist at this, like, building where you're trying to get an office, but, like, I think that it's bad and, like, just know that I support you. Right, which was fabulous. And then, like, months later, he was like, and then Patty and I were bonding over our struggling marriages. And the relationship did go ahead and become more than cordial. I mean, I I love how formal he talks about sex. And he's like, and we got to know each other. um, And then we got to know each other even more. (laughs) And then after we really got to know each other, she did bear my child. He is a Christian man. No, very Christian. He loves his mother. Yeah. It does. Like, his mother was, like, always getting sick, and he was always, like, making banners for her, like, when she came home. And, like, he went to his mother's, like, crypt grave to ask her if he should take on OJ. And she said yes? And she said yes. Yeah, I mean, he really kind of hems and haws about that for a whole week. And then finally decides to take it on. Which is... Which is kind of insane, because they're just, like, you're, like, a hotshot lawyer. You, A, you, like, take on every case, like, especially where you think that justice has not been done or the police are wrong or a black man has been, like, you know... Well, he said at some point... Unduly accused. His... And this would make you so famous, so why wouldn't you do this? You obviously I mean, I think he was playing out the drama. Yeah, for the book. Okay. Yeah. I do feel like there was a lot of times when he reminded me of another... Cochran-like sounding person, Barbara Corcoran. Mm, Because he is very just like, you need your employees to like you. Go to the city, like, appearances matter. Like, get the right suit. Have the office Christmas party. Like, celebrate your secretaries. No, he's always also like, there's so many photos in this small Grisham large book (laughs) that that are like him. It's Grisham size, but packs a lot of punch. So... Where he's, like, always, like, having Christmas parties for, like, all of his, like, jurors. Which I'm like, is that legal? Legal wait, okay, heads that, wait, write that, it to no, us. No, no, I was wait, like, legal eagles, please sound off yeah. in the comments because this actually was so confusing to me. After he, like, wins a trial and the defense gets off, he invites the entire jury over to, like, a fabulous cocktail party at his mansion? Right, and he's like, that oh, seems and insane. we had crab and shrimp and cabernet franc. And you're like, um, I thought you're, like, not allowed to speak to the jurors Isn't that, ever. like, wildly unethical? I Maybe after... After the case, you're allowed to talk to them, but it definitely seems like he becomes like lifelong no, friends with them, and he's no, like I'm just invites like, them at Christmas parties every it's not, year. It's like literally like day of, like <laughs> yeah. not guilty verdict comes through, and then they roll through, and it's just like you know, 
I mean, because then you're creating precedent. It's like, hello. Then if the jurors know that, oh, well, if we do not guilty, we're all going to party at Cochran's at later. At Cochran's, hell yeah. Oh, then, yeah, and, I'm doing not guilty. Um, I mean, as I said, I'm going to do not guilty anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> Wait, you would do not guilty? Oh, for anyone? Yeah, yeah I pretty mean, much. I'm, I'm pretty like not guilty boots. I just feel like... And as someone who has been to jail four times, mm-hmm. I will say, I don't like it in there. And yeah, I don't think people should have place. to go. Well, okay. I've always felt so also bad, just like for anyone that's murdered, because it's kind of like what happened to you. Sorry, did you that say you, you, mur- you feel, feel bad for murderers because it's like, oh, what, for murderers. Murderers, because right. it's like, well, what happened to you that kind of brought you Absolutely. to the Absolutely. Classic murder empathy place. vibes. Yes. yes. No, I, oh, I'm empathetic. No, I, I totally agree. <laughs> and I think that, like, there's there could be some really interesting articles written, like, with that perspective. I'd love to see that talked about more often. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has. No, no one has. Absolutely not. And no one's also talked about how jail is kind of a bad place. It's also, I would, yeah. So if no, anyone it, is getting inspo right now from what we're saying yeah like, definitely feel like get feel a free to like, piece going. Know, get a think piece going do some research <laughs> let us know criminal justice system is it all it's cracked up to be that's what we're talking no, about no i know today. i'm like i'm getting a sense <laughs> in this book that there should be some changes <laughs> 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 no, absolutely getting the sense of changes. Um, well, you know, and also what's so damning about this book is he's telling stories about the 60s, about police planting evidence, about police murdering black men in their cars. With and their pregnant wives. With like, their pregnant wives right next to them. On the street. Like, these are all stories that happen today in 2020, in 2021, in fact. No, but the story he tells about, I feel like even in just like this insane Black Panther case where it was just like so where he corrupt. did get off all these Black Panthers and there was an informant because there, there was this whole siege of the Black Panther headquarters by police. Miraculously, no one was killed during that, which was interesting. Big old history lesson in this book. Well, that whole section really reminded me of the movie Sebring, the Amazon original film that I watched recently <laughs> starring, what's her name, lesbian? Uh, Kate McKinnon? No. Jane the, Lynch. The hot one. Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Yes. And where she plays like Jean Sebring, the French actress who became involved in the Black Panthers movement. Oh, why haven't I seen this? I told you to watch this. Okay, well, well, I'll watch it tonight. Anyway, it's very sexy. And like she is living in all of these like really sexy, like 60s, mid-century, like LA mansions. But like while she's just like fucking this guy in the Black Panthers and becoming this like radical, radical, but then also being like so monitored by the FBI. And Hoover, and he talks about. Well, can we my, talk about how he like drags Hoover for being? He was like, oh, he was like, who, even Hoover was, was as racist as like he was gay, secretly he, gay. Yeah, he was as closeted about his sexuality as right. what about racism? I think was the was the line, which is hilarious. Yeah. Okay, but here's my question. So you always see that phrase. Oh, uh, Cointelpro. So yeah, how do you say it? Because I, uh-huh. when every time I see it, because people on Twitter are always like saying Cointelpro, and I'm uh-huh. like, do you say Cointelpro? Because that's say Cointel- Contelpro. That feels. The Contel Pro. I, I was saying, okay, well, in my mind, say, I was saying Cointel Pro. I, I've been saying Cointel Pro as well, but I feel like it comes from counterintelligence program. So you would think it'd be like Cointel Pro. Co- oh, Cointel Pro. That might make more sense. So Cointel Pro was the program that the FBI set up that basically was spying on so called domestic terrorists, AKA the Black. Panthers at the time because they wanted to basically destroy them. Right. And dismantle them in the inside. And they have all these informants and agents provocateurs. And obviously it's so fucked up because they were, you know, offering so much money. So it's like, you know, if you're like, oh, like, 
well, like they'll get then I won't get arrested if I like inform. And... No, I mean the way this case. Well, then the Geronimo Platt case, as it turns out, like everyone's an informant for like someone else. Like everyone is lying. Yeah, there was no one who wasn't an everyone informant. Everyone is setting up everyone else. It was just like so. It's kind madness. of like what, when I was reading that, I was like, so what's the point here? And that's always that thing where it's like the FBI hates the cops, the FBI, FBI and CIA hate each other. Well, and then and there was like, also the two factions within the Black Panthers that were fighting each other. Right, because then like they each had a leader and then they each have their own informants right. and then no one knows and everyone's informing on each other. And, and you know who's like, sitting at their... Coll- oh, collecting the money? Collecting all the money is, you know, is Uncle Sam is the whole, you know, the whole system. This yeah. whole criminal justice oh, system. Oh, no, and it's a big old cycle. Although I guess Johnny Cochran's also collecting no, money. No, he's collecting it. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> he has always been like... And I did own a supper club and I owned a sports team and I started an airport. And <laughs> no, he's, it's so funny. It's like, you know, he's getting more successful and more successful. And he's like, and then I opened up my bigger firm and and then I did um, start to go into entertainment law. And I took on Aretha Franklin and the Supremes and Michael Jackson as clients. And then he'll be like, and I want a case. And like someone did advise me to put it back into the community because I was making money from the community because it was basically just like he was like the high profile black lawyer and they're like yeah. maybe like give people back are to so the like community scrounging up like every dollar they and can not and coming open in with up this like, bag of like a and s- eight to supper like, club please please <laughs> Johnny Gargle represent me because you will get me off celebrity book club okay so he was representing Michael Jackson Yes. So it's kind of ironic. I just feel like there you is know, this thing where I it's know. like, That's so yes, like Johnny Cochran is absolutely like a titan of law, but it's also like you could see him as he becomes more successful. It's He's he's more just like, I'm going to represent celebrities. celebrities. Yes. And it's just like, you go from basically like, you know, really believing on this political system, like representing like Black Panthers, like people you think that are just like really, really oppressed by the system to representing just like... O.J. Simpson and Michael Jackson in a child molestation case. Yeah, and then he also in his kind of week long where he's going to his mother's crypt and like can't figure out if he should like take the O.J. case. He's like, my beautiful wife, Dr. Dale and I went to the Hollywood Bowl with my very, very good friend, Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill just has a way of um, joking his way through difficult things to talk about. Interesting. And you're like, huh, I don't know. This, is this like right switch we're going from like the Michael Jackson case? Bill's got like a roofied teenager on his arm who's like fully <laughs> right. passed down. Johnny Cochran's just like, he just has this funny way about him. He's just kind of a I know, he's silly just guy. This hilarious, silly guy. So if I may read this passage where he's going to Michael Jackson's house. Oh. Well, no, first. He goes to Neverland? Yeah. I forgot about this part. A couple of days later, Carl and I drove to Santa Monica Airport where Michael's private helicopter was waiting to fly us to his famous Neverland retreat in Santa Barbara County, north of Los Angeles. It is, as the name suggests, a consciously magical place with its vast mansion, private zoo, and dazzling amusement park. There is music everywhere, and the minute I stepped out of the helicopter... I understood that this whole enchanted environment had been decided to reinforce and maintain the childlike sense of wonder, so crucial to Michael's art. I remember turning to Carl and saying, we can't let this young man be taken down. He told us he's innocent. Yeah. Yeah. He says that a lot about OJ, too. It's always just like, like, he he said he was innocent. It's like, that's what people do. Oh, I guess. They really do say that they're innocent. I guess (laughs) as a defense lawyer, when someone tells you they're innocent, you just have to go, okay. Yeah. You're just like, got it. 
Well, okay. Also, you watch a lot of All Rise. I feel like a lot of defense lawyers, and I may be absolutely wrong here, legal eagles tell me, I feel like a lot of defense lawyers don't straight up ask their clients if they're innocent or guilty. Yeah, I mean, okay, on All Rise, again, which is a documentary. That <laughs> yeah, a CBS procedural documentary. <laughs> um, the public defender who, like, does a lot of the cases. Yeah. She's always just being just like, I don't want to know. Like, don't tell me that. She's always telling them, like, stop telling them about a gun or, right. like, something that they had or, like, something. she's always trying to, like, prevent them from admitting something that like, she can't hear because she's just trying to do their best to help them and like right she's like let me just do system. the evidence and we're just kind of go with the yeah and she's always trying to find some other like procedural reason why like the evidence should be thrown out or I mean speaking of procedural reasons why the evidence should be thrown out I was actually quite surprised mm-hmm. that Shapiro so who Shapiro who is played by John Travolta in the right. show <laughs> who um, speaking of more closeted than they are. Yeah, more closeted than that. Um, okay, Bob Shapiro, another note I wrote down, I was like, God, lawyers are absolutely insane. He like, Johnny Cochran is lead counsel, but before it was Bob Shapiro. And Bob Shapiro like comes back to their offices and lies. And he's just like, well, OJ told me himself, he wants me to be head counsel. And Johnny's like, no. Johnny's like, no, I know. He's been begging me. He's been calling me for weeks. Like, I had to go to my wife's script. Like being like, I'm desperate for you to represent me. Like Shapiro is not a trial lawyer. Shapiro does nothing. I mean, he basically says that Shapiro is horrible, but. He assembled the dream team, and right. so he deserves credit for that. But yeah, and then in the trial, it's like Marsha is like him. They're joking about how Shapiro's an empty suit, and she's like thinking it's horrible. So I'm like, okay, so you're saying you're friends with Marsha? No, I think he had a lot of sympathy for Marsha because, I mean, he says also like we only had like a little bit of time in the beginning when we were like joking, and there was like some small photo of them like smiling, and obviously things got like absolutely tense afterwards. But he's like, I felt bad for her because like all my ex-wives like talk shit about me in the tabloids, and this case was insane but like I had my wife Dr. Dale who kept our beautiful modern immaculate. home immaculate for me to come home to and he was like and Marsha was like the most like insanely stressed out single mom whose ex-husband tried to get custody of her kids and like he submitted like nude photos of her to the inquirer yeah, I mean, this and- all happened on the show I mean uh, yeah. on that other documentary that Brian Murphy <laughs> show that we watched, but like it is kind of a joke and he does, he makes it seem like it that was very accurate because like he just is in his like expensive suits and like going to his huge Big gorgeous modernist yeah. house every day and she's coming in like so kerfuffled <laughs> and like right. spilling so much coffee on her binder and just like, and they're like such a mess. Right. And it's so like, oh, I need to bring my kids to school and he's just like there like looking fab. What I was quite surprised by Mm -hmm. this was a bit of a kind of a legal shock to me was that Shapiro thought that they were going to be able to get the glove dismissed and he was that they they were going to be able to get the glove suppressed in prelim Mm -hmm. and that therefore the whole trial would get dismissed at prelim they would just be like okay fine we we don't have the biggest piece of evidence wait have you seen the actual the trial I've seen I actually recently I feel like watched the footage of the glove and it really Okay, here's my thing about the glove. I think he's so clearly acting. Yeah, it is the most like fully like theater camp. It's like, like he's full, like UCB boots. <laughs> UCB glove vibes. Like he's like pulling it on like so hard and being like, oh, oh no, there's doesn't. no way. Also, here's my thing about the glove. And again, like I also Are don't. Are you talking about the uh, the plastic gloves they have to wear underneath? Yeah, it's like you're wearing. You're a, already wearing another glove. The plastic like, gloves. Also, a lot of the times, like. 
I don't know, you buy ill-fitting gloves. I don't know, even if you're a celeb. Yeah. I guess I just think, like, hats and gloves, like, it's kind of one size fits all. Yeah. Like, fits like a glove. Like, that phrase is actually <laughs> no, kind of wrong. off. Like, and let's and talk to the English language It would actually that. make sense that maybe he would use his pair of ill-fitting gloves oh, yeah, to, to murder. Gloves. I mean, again, it's like <laughs> all of the discrepancies and, like, you know, the idea that the police would have planted evidence is completely reasonable and just, like, yes. a 100%. And, like, all of these different reasons, like, why wasn't there more blood in the car in different places? If the, Like, there are so many things that suggest that there could have been plantings. But at the end of the day, you're just like, who the fuck else who did else? it? Well, I Googled it because that was my thing. I was like, okay, so the first and search did, also like, was such a... And wife mis- in the 80s or whatever. Well, and they have, like, right, they have Nicole's sister, like, you know, saying, like... He beat her. Yeah, like they have phone calls. Like, like men there's are always there's killing assaults. their ex wives. Duh. Right. So it's like this is the new boyfriend. And then I googled like who are the other like Reddit suspects? And of course, Quora.com oh, came yeah. up. By the way, somehow of course my spam ass. I get emails from Quora yeah, every you day. You are very Quora pill. And I think I've like clicked on them so many times that they now go to primary. They like don't Stop. go to they don't go to promotions. But the headlines are always so crazy so I keep on clicking on them. It's always like my little brother murdered someone. Should I still give him a birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Quora pilled. But then there was some of the other things on Quora that they were saying was that like, and who knows if obviously any of this is true, was another waiter at the restaurant, restaurant. Mezzaluna where Ron worked was right. also murdered around that time. And was it kind of a food and Bev murder, actually? Is that true? I have no idea. Okay. But that was on Quora.com. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm obsessed <laughs> yeah. with that theory. No, and then I was like, so well, So there was fuck. this bigger food and Bev ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always just feel like, I also feel like, hasn't Kris Jenner said that, like, she thinks that she did it? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Kim is like, Mom, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because they are so also, like, going to their dad's, like, crypt. Yeah, they're so asking the crypt for permission to, like. They're so me, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do know. Um, As one reviewer said, you're obsessed with your dad's death. Get over it. (laughs) He's in the ground, bitch. (laughs) Move on. A journey to justice. <laughs> so, yeah, to me in the column that he did it, <laughs> right. it's Chris Jenner thinks it, A. B, like, the sort of whatever, the evidence that, like, <laughs> the trail of blood from, like, the Delway Bronco. Hive to Rockingham, or, you know, they always call the houses, like, by the street names, which yeah. is, like, so Kristen Cavallari calling her other house. Like, the Rockingham. Bradford or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, like, that is in the column of he did it to me. And then also the fact that, like, he is, like, still sketchy, and he also wrote that book called If I Did If it. I Did It, which it's is... it's kind of just like, so you're saying you did it. <laughs> to me, and the, but I what I'm not putting in that category is the fact that he did run... And the whole Bronco chase. Because like, yes. to me, I'm like, though that I get because, hello, the police are so racist and just like, you don't know what to do. And like, baby, you got scared. And like that to me, I'm like, I think at the time people like that really sealed the deal where they're like, oh, he must they're have like, did Oh, it. if you're running, you're Why not. But it's like uh, police are evil. Yeah, police are evil. And you have no idea. They could have shot you on the spot. Right. Who knows? They could have planted more shit in your car. Right. And you smeared you it with more of trial. my period blood. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also his like crime that he went away for for 33 years. I always find completely insane. It was like a memorabilia heist. I could really see myself if I was to go away to the big house. 
it would be for what OJ went away for. He was taking back his oh, own sports memorabilia. like a bobblehead from like a Vegas <laughs> Yeah, it was mall. like Vegas. So he was like <laughs> taking back like bobbleheads and trophies and like no, trading cards. No, you would go to jail for a doll heist. <laughs> oh my God, wait. Doll stuff. So to our listeners, to all the listeners, I'm addicted to buying dolls, and I've I've stopped myself because it's weird. And I, I'm, I have the way a, you said it's weird with just like so little conviction, like you were actually just like at that, like <laughs> like you're at your parole hearing, like no, and I've stopped it, and it's I'm weird. Sure. I promise, Your Honor, I don't like dolls anymore. I'm not <laughs> salivating over the prospect of a vintage Dr. Evil doll still in its original case. They pull up, they take my laptop, they take my eBay searches. I'm like furiously trying to clear them. I'm like, vintage Johnny Cash doll that sings. Like the entire cast of All in the Family. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> So I just want to talk. Quickly, how Annie Leibovitz did a photo shoot of the entire Dream Team before the OJ trial began. And Johnny Cochran was, like, so proud. He was like, and I said I had no time for the Annie Leibovitz photo shoot, even though she is an absolutely amazing artist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls OJ and he's like, yeah, the rest of them, they all went to the Leibovitz photo shoot. But I actually have work to do in your case. And OJ is like, hell yes. Like, I didn't want you to go to the photo shoot. That's so Bethany of him. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Like, um, this is actually a fucking business. This is a business, and my <laughs> yeah. time is valuable. Wow. Um, go off. Yeah, I know. I, I want to see those Leibowitz photos. I mean, I think it's like, it's another example of him kind of trying to play both ways, where he kind of like, he is bemoaning like the turn from information into entertainment and like the Rise 24 News and like the celebritification of like every job and like every industry and just like, and the sort of like the besmirching of like the legal names. But it's right. just like, you, he's such a huge part of it. You're that. the biggest celebrity I, lawyer. Yeah, you're the biggest celebrity lawyer. And you're just like, you absolutely like use entertainment like, you know, for good, but also for bad. And it's a double-edged sword. And you absolutely love to just, like, reap the benefits of fame and fortune. And just to kind of add on also of him being like, I'm, because he's like, my children are my dream and I'm the best father in the entire world. And it's like, they probably see him, like, hardly ever. But then he's being, like, very just, like, divorce court proceedings where he's like, and then my ex-wife just, like, she started talking about me on Meet the Press. And my son was in finals at that time. And it made him so stressed out. He had to spend the night at my house. And he's very just like, I win. And that's kind of like, he's do we need to be so? petty here? Uh, I mean, divorce is petty. Yeah, it's petty boots. And he's like, and I have always, like, given my children and my ex-wives so much money. And, I mean, look, it is shady that his ex-wives, like, went on to talk about it. But it's like, he was on TV every day. They probably wanted a piece no, of the pie, I know. too. I, yeah, it's just like, you know, pot kettle. Right. And, like, and he talks about how he had to, like, in one of the, like, opening stages of the OJ trial, he was also, like, going to, like, family court across the street for, like, his wife was, like, fighting him on something. And yes. he had to, like, run. He had to, like, run across. And then he was late getting back. And then he was, like, in contempt for, like, being late because he was, like, doing the family court. And he would just be like, oh, like crazy day in my crazy life with my crazy <laughs> right, ex-wife. Yeah. And like, again, being so Bethany and just just yes. like I have so much on my plate. And like no one realizes how insane it is to be a high powered superstar celebrity lawyer. Segments. 
How do you plead? Segments approach the bench. Your Honor, I segment. <laughs> okay, what does she eat? eat? How does she, she live? live? What does she, she wear? wear? So, what does he eat? What well, does he eat? Let's pull up the passage okay. where he talks about the supper club that he owns. I mean, he has decadent tastes. But I think he has high cholesterol I mean, and he's, he's changed so his ways. I mean, he's so 90s and it's like the wife is probably like Dale was probably just being like, no, stop salting that meat and like making him have a Caesar salad. But the Caesar salad is like so covered in dressing. So that's the thing, right? He's, you know, he grew up on your classic soul food and he's just like, obviously like loves, you know, that, but it's Meat, the 90s. potatoes, dairy. Right, chicken, yeah. you know, the works. Talk about cage-free. They were ringing the chicken right before dinner. Right. So no, it was super organic. That's the thing. It's not like this is one thing. It's always just like there's five different dishes. Right. It's like there's chicken, like greens, right. peas, the coconut, pineapple cake. There's right. Like there's that, always there's, cake before right. lemonade. But oh, his you know his family they were so devout, so they were not drinking. But he drinks. He drinks. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure in a very like measured way. I'm sure his. Okay. Let me read the passage of a supper club, and then right. we'll talk about his wine cellar. At the time, another lawyer, Frank A. Evans Jr., and I owned a supper club in South Los Angeles called "quote unquote" there. Wait, that's the most incredible Which is name. I'm, it's so iconic. fabulous. Yeah. There. There. <laughs> Meet you there. Meet you at there. Meet you at there. Let's go. Let's go to there. There. I, oh, that's so fun. I bet it's not open anymore. Can we restore there? Yes. I would love that. Go find the me. There restoration project. With its mahogany paneled walls, warm lighting, top light chef, and congenial bar. Is that how you say it? Congenial bar. Oh, yeah. The club soon became a popular hangout for local sports celebrities. Muhammad Ali was a frequent visitor. The opportunity to rub elbows with sports stars along with courteous professional service, which I'd learned to recognize in my catering days, quickly made there a favorite spot among the city's grand black middle class. It would be years. Years before diet and discipline became synonymous in the American mind, our kitchen was very much a creature of its time. A typical Sunday brunch at there, for example, would, in the words of our menu, start with king crab cocktail supreme, move on to a terrine of soup du jour, followed by prime rib of beef au jus, roasted according to an old English recipe in our specially designed ovens. Fabulous, by the way, yeah. that they have like special ovens. It's very Aja stove. Yeah. And finish Sorry, I'm getting so hungry. With cheesecake in a hot cherries jubilee sauce to accompany our meal, we suggest a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. And that he's quoting his full menu here. And then he goes, my cholesterol level notwithstanding, that still sounds pretty good. So he's saying that that's He's saying that. I think he's basically admitting, though, that that means that his wife is now being like making him have a wedge salad. Oh, instead. yeah. But like the wedge is still just like. Bacon. Yeah, it's Cobb Boots. It's Cobb. <laughs> I don't think it's very, like, he's working so much. I don't think he's eating during the day. Like, I think his secretary's bringing him cappuccino. He also roasts some other lawyers for getting cappuccinos. Yeah, I think he likes faggot food. But you know what I bet he does <laughs> like, I will say? And I and I know this from, you know, when I used to work in politics, working downtown, you're near the courthouses. And oh, that, yeah, that court food. That kind of court vibe. I feel like he's very pea soup. Oh, didn't see that coming. I think yeah, actually, that makes a, a lot, a lot of sense. more high-powered lawyers than you think have soup because it's just in a small cup and you can kind of like come back to it. Like, but you can eat it quickly. Like, it's not actually that messy. It's surprisingly not that messy, even though it, it as liquid because it's just it's very contained. No, I see. He's buzzing. He's like Jan. Can you get me my soup? And it's like a bottled water, and he's getting it on his yeah. table. It's an Evian, yeah. maybe half a BLT. 
and a pea soup. You don't even think there's a BLT there. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm saying, let me stop you right there. (laughs) So, I mean, that makes sense, Rick. It's like, I mean, and he's working out four times a week at his beautiful home Because what you don't want, and here's why the sandwich is a no-go, you bite in and that mustard, that sauce squirts on your soup. Oh, also, no, it's it's the huge tie. That's so 90s. Mustard on the big wide tie. tie, And then you're dabbing it with your, I don't know, I'm pounding my chest right now. (laughs) Gorilla boots. (laughs) Creating a dab. Okay, I also feel like it's very lawyer to be, he comes home and they're like, you gotta eat. And he's like, I'm going to my study. Yeah, yeah. He's too exhausted. By the events of the day to even eat. Uh, Okay, what does he wear? Well, as we were talking about, he is a dapper gentleman. Absolutely. He likes a double-breasted suit. He likes... You know, gorgeous suspenders. I think a bold tie. A wide tie and a bold color. And I feel like it's, you know, it's a very 90s. It's a pleated pant, double-breasted suit. So even on the cover of this book, um, he's got a little cross pin on his lapel. Very Christian. Also... Pocket squares, as every man should have. Absolutely. Gorgeous. And I think, I mean, it is like a wide tie, but it's not like so insane pattern because I feel like he is like, well, we are in a courtroom and like, you know, it's a slight pattern. It's not the craziest. No, it's not such a dad tie that's like so kooky and like golf clubs. and. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not such like a Christmas tree or whatever. Turkeys. Yeah, like silly turkeys. (laughs) And Santas. Um, And then I feel like when... What's his casual wear? Just like golf That's what I was saying. I think it's like golf. It's dry fit, polo, tucked in. Or it's like so nice. I mean, I do. We should say he is dead, so... Yes. R.I.P. Yeah. I don't know if they had if the dry fit technology. Maybe the dry fit. I think it's like invented um, back then. Okay, so it's cotton or it's like thick plain t-shirt. Like it was an old school like golf polo from like the Bahama breeze. Yeah, it's from like the Ritz Carlton -Carlton Bahama Barbados Hotel hotel, tucked into sweatpants, like very crisp. Very tucked into sweatpants. High socks. And then he's like doing like a 90s exercise. Okay, did like the part about Ojo where he was like uh, hello, like they were dress socks. He wouldn't have been wearing dress socks with joggers. Right, he's so fabulous. And he also won't, along with the bolo ties, he won't admit a juror who wears white socks. Okay, wait, what? He says no white socks and no string ties. Okay, well, that's crazy. Yeah. Because everyone wears white socks. Well, I guess he's thinking like, if you go to a courthouse, you dress up. Like, don't show up in your gym Again, socks. Again, this is so Bethany. I'm <laughs> yeah, saying, like, I mean, this. I'm watching her new show on HBO Max, which is obviously insane. And which I need to watch. She's like freak because this one, like the like social media influencer girl who's like competing for this new job with Bethany. She's like, who shows up to a job interview in a crop top? <laughs> I can't believe she was in a crop top. And like the girls wearing the most like insane leather long sleeve bustier. Like it's technically a crop top, and like wearing so much makeup and jewelry and eighteen hats and like. No, and that's why he's so quirker. And like, I do think if he was alive today, again, rest in peace, Johnny Cochran Jr., um, Esquire, I could see like him and Bethany having a show. Him, Bethany, and Barbara just like right, on the like tank. he, he would could, be so. On he the would tank. definitely be on the tank. Yeah, and just like I feel like Mark Cuban would actually be like kind of bowing to him. Oh yeah, and be like, you know, you paved the way. Right, because also at the end of this book, like after he's just like, and the justice system is corrupt and everyone's racist. He's like, and also I became a sports agent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, never stop. That's the thing. No, always expand. I I wanted to become, after I saw Jared McGuire, I really wanted to become a sports agent. I was really inspired by that film. 
Did you ever do anything to pursue that dream? Well, I played sports. So that's a no. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's a no in your eyes. But I got to know, you know, how the teams worked in and out. I, you know. Okay, fair. I mean, you were immersing yourself in the lingua franca of sporting. (laughs) But you never said, hey, like, do you even go on your favorite website, Quora, and see (laughs) what it takes to become a sports agent? Well, because then I transitioned into the dream of hoteliers, which Which I also... Which is still the current dream. Which is still the current dream that I haven't fulfilled. Well, why don't you... Have you looked that up on Quora? I remember my parents were like, well, you know, Cornell has a hotel school. And I was like, okay. At what point did you realize you weren't going to go to Cornell? Point in your high school career where you're like, huh. This was, I think, once I even had hit 14, I kind of was like, Cornell's. Yeah, I'm not getting not the vibe. Good, no, I don't think <laughs> Cornell's for me, and I don't think I'm for them. No, I don't. No, it was a mutual decision. Honestly, it was mutual. Yeah, totally. It was totally chill and mutual. Absolutely. Okay. Um, How does he live? We have discussed. I mean, he says it in great detail. Gorgeous, modern, Modernist, clean lines. Clean lines. I picture the furniture very, like, custom curved, like, massive I was picturing, couch. right, I feel like there's kind of, like, it's pink tones. I feel like it's very light. Like, I kind of feel like he is, like, this mama's boy. And yeah, it's, like. It's, there's a femininity to it. Mm-hmm. There, there are pinks and lavenders. There's for shams. Sure. Yeah. And it's a lot oh, of carpet. Shams on the beds, you mean? Yeah, shams on the bed. Yeah. But I think in his entertaining area, like big ass dark hutch. No, I think it's a little more nineties. Oh, it's 90s. so 90s it's white like, built in. It's all like white yeah. built in or like this like glass black huge. I know system. what you're talking about. Yes, the and they have that that it's very satisfying to press them open and close the bla- that black glass. Yes, yes. He probably has like a screening room, but I feel like he's the type of person that while he does love like vacationing, like. I don't think he really can relax and watch a movie. Like, he watches football while he's working, you know? Totally agree. He seems like he's very, like, Adderall boots, but, like, without Adderall. Like, his time to relax is with the trainer. Can I also say something that might shock you? Sure. Fake plants. Yep, I agree. Yeah. He doesn't have time to water. No. I think he's got big fake plants, like, throughout the house. And some of them are in kind of, like... Well, it's also very 90s. Like, no one was really, like... Plant care was not No, he today. wasn't, like, a totally witchy femme, like, getting succulents. <laughs> but there were people in the My succulent were... is my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> mm, can't keep a succulent alive past one month or a relationship. You might be me. Um, no, but I, I do feel there like there were people, people in the nineties who. I mean, you're right. Like, I'm pretty sure my parents had fake plants also in their house. And like, at just one point, I was like, oh wait, this is fake. It was very like when you're eight and you're like, okay, so Santa's not real and this plant is fake. I remember we had this one planter, and I'm like, who was watering those hose? And then maybe it was fake. I think they were real, and I think they died. But I am saying I do think that like. There were rich people who have, like, gardens, for sure, that are meticulously maintained, and gardeners and all of that. Well, isn't that more L.A. and, like, before the whole water crisis? there was, like, a greenhouse. Oh, yeah. And they were just shooting those sprinklers left and right. Yeah, and now it's, like, more um, woke to have, like, a mulched yard or whatever. Or stone or Or stone, landscaping, Japanese rock garden, etc. Absolutely. I just think, like, right, things were low maintenance because even, like, Dr. Dale, like... She was holding it down at the Conquering Fort. 
Yeah, I mean, what I mean, okay, on the show, she's just like in like a silk nightgown, like waiting, I feel. And like the whole show is just her being like oh, rolling around like these like silk sheets in a silk nightgown, just being like, Johnny, like you're late again. Well, it's like it's very like 90s sitcom when like the mom of the show is wearing just a floor length silk nightgown, and then the audience is like, Ooh. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Miss Cochran, it's good to see you. And she's like, it would have been good to see you two hours ago. <laughs> Storms <laughs> off. Your dinner's on the table. And again, it's like yeah. a cob. <laughs> cob stuff. Okay, I think. Yeah, so who are you in the book? Oh, who are you in the book? Who are you in the book? Um... Are you Lenny Bruce, who's disheveled and he thinks talks out of line about just like something? Early in the book, he's like... I'm famously feather-ruffling comedian Lenny Bruce. Yeah. And he was like, I could smell the alcohol in his breath. He was unshaven. And his jokes went too far. Yeah. I think I would offend Christian Johnny Cochran. And this is when he was worked for the DA. It was like he hadn't gone to defense yet. Yeah. So he was... He was probably uh, his most sort of stiff and conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And I do also think that like people of uh, like a Johnny Cochran experience will like see me and be like, I feel like my parents' friends are always being like, hey, you want to stand a little closer to the razor next time, buddy? (laughs) 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 Like when you don't have the most like perfectly clean shaven face, they're They're just like anything other than that. It's just like, whoa, this is crazy. (laughs) Though Johnny Cochran does love, he was like, and I do regret when I stopped talking to my friend Elaine Shulman in fourth grade because we heard her parents were communists and I will regret that for the rest of my life. Wow. Anyway, but yeah, I think he's like a little So like, what you think you're Elaine Shulman whose parents are communists? No, I was just saying that like he is like sketched by Lenny he's Bruce. He's sketched. You know, he is sketched by people and then like pretending that he is like not sketched by them later. Right. But. Am I one of his ex-wives who goes to the press? You're just absolutely just no shame. <laughs> no shame at all being like, well, fuck, I'm going on TV. No, aren't you the guy, the like surfer guy who lives at OJ's house? Oh, yeah. He was like, he was just chilling there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, You're like, fuck. okay, randomly I'm a key witness on a murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Kato, that was his name. Kato, yeah. Very cool. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Awesome. Surfer stuff. Okay. Well, I give this book. I mean, if you're a huge Johnny Cochran head. <laughs> Which, you know, there aren't enough of them anymore. There aren't. And like, I would say he also like in a legal way, he does spill tea. Like, you know what I mean? Like in his way, no, he does. He does. And he is giving you like the full play by play. And like, he's not like he is saying that like Shapiro's in a few suit. He's like saying this about the other characters. Like. It's kind of a tell-all, and and maybe it's kind of impressive also that, you know, this book came out, like, 96 or whatever. Right, like, Like he really... He really was speaking... I wouldn't say speaking truth to power, but speaking truth. Yes. Because, like, he is in power, and and he's also kind of... He's just being like, and Judge Ito was a great guy, and just, like, he's also just, like, complimenting everyone that he works with. Right, he's like, 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 he had kind of a naughty sense of humor, too. Oh, yeah, an impish Impish. sense of humor. And I was like, impish, and so that was actually a word I looked up. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so if you want to work on your vocabulary, definitely read this no, book. No, it's kind of a good history lesson. And if you I want just, to learn about kind of like it more is, horrible things cops have done and just kind of through. No, I mean, I, I was like the part about the Black Panthers. Like I was like really turning the page yeah. and like that was quite thrilling. The thing about this book, though, is I feel like, you know, if you're into this stuff, you probably already know all of this. Right. And you could like. <laughs> 
some of those parts, I'm like, I'm not getting anything I wouldn't necessarily get from the Wikipedia or like a documentary or whatever. Yeah, I would a little more like a Johnny Cochran doc. Yeah. But I, I also, love the and way... I do feel like there's a lot he's not saying when he's just being like, and I love my kid and like, I'm a great husband and I never hit my yes, wife. Anyway. As we were saying that. Like, right. I guess it's like, it's a good where he goes through also the cases fast. And then I did like when he was like, and there's like this, you know, fucked up case and you're learning about the FBI. So it kind of tips you off and you're like, well, let's get, you know, deeper into it. Yeah. But the OJ stuff, it's kind of like, well, we do know about it. We but. do really know. But imagine you are... You know, in a 1997 woman eating your Cobb salad and this book just came out, you'd be oh like, my finally, God, I'm getting no. the other side of the dirt that I didn't get oh, watching yeah. this televised trial. No, I'm having a latte or I'm sipping on a Lipton brisk with my salad. Yeah, I'd be really digging through it. But I guess it's a little the gossip is, you know, a little old for us now. But I also do like the way he is kind of so fab and just and I wish there was more of that when he just is like, and just right before I talk about this case, let's talk about my home gym. So, yeah, I guess I'm giving it two and a half out of five John Grisham's just because like this is a thick, long book and I can't really imagine actually reading it like if I wasn't doing this podcast about it. I yeah, I agree with you. Or also I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, like you're going to die at this part when like he talks about like Bob Shapiro telling him that he should do less speeches at libraries. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's not. I don't know. So, yeah, fully getting spilled Um, two points. Five suspenders out of five. Wow, five suspenders. That's going to be tough because usually they come in a set of two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, have fun with that math. (laughs) Maybe if you're like a folk of one-armed experience and you only use one (laughs) one suspender. (laughs) Next week, we're going north of the border for another duo. Grab your hammers and grab your levelers (laughs) (laughs) get ready for a renovator's dream when we tackle the one and only canadian family duo the property Property brothers Brothers. and their memoir which i forgot the name of it's just like demo day or property brothers this is how we run out yeah down to the studs um I am super really excited. wicked excited. As you know, I'm addicted to the Property Brothers mobile game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you would rather kind of read the memoir of the creator of their mobile game. It's called It Takes Two, which is also the name of American Ashley Olsen film. Right. Uh, One yeah. of their best flicks. Oh, are you, uh, I didn't know you were such a scholar. Well, I guess it's the only movie that came out in theaters and the rest of them were straight to video. We saw New York, written it in theaters, I feel, in high school. Oh, that's true. Call me in. Okay. Um, <laughs> Erasing their teen years. Oh, sorry. Did they get too slutty for you? Oh, you only like the old suit yeah. when they were four years old and in little pink dresses. Yeah. Because that's how you like your kids, Michael Jackson. Why don't you go okay. call Johnny Cochran up and have him defend you? I'm sorry. Michael Jackson is a wonderful musician and those kids just want fame. <laughs> <laughs> they are leeching off of him in the hard work that he's done and to look, bring America together. Neverland is just an amazing zoo, okay? No, it's it's literally a zoo where they actually are nice to the animals, yeah. which you rarely see anymore. And if you really cared about zoo life, then you would know that he I runs amazing I stopped going to zoo. zoos years ago, unlike your ass. <laughs> That's true. Actually, I'm such a zoo ho. Okay. <laughs> okay, so y'all, thanks for listening and you thank know you to s- do. Thank you so much for listening. Like This was such a joy to go on this journey to 
to justice with oh. all of you. Oh, sorry. Order in the court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the verdict is this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> clack clack recess <laughs> alright y'all rate subscribe the works follow us at CBC the pod um, and we will see you next, next week next week ciao ciao court is adjourned <laughs> best best <laughs>